Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See? I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb, and with fear and great joy they ran. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So this is a story we all have heard. It's a very well-known story. It's when these two women uh, get to realize that Jesus is risen. And it's fascinating, firstly, that at that time, the women are the ones who recognize Jesus for the first time as risen. Um, it, it's just like an amazing countercultural thing God did at the time. But one of the things that I found fascinating is that they meet Jesus there, and the angel says, don't be afraid. Oh, they don't meet Jesus, sorry. They meet the angel that says uh, he's not here. And as they walk out, they're quite scared because they've just seen an angel. I don't know if any of you has, have seen an angel, but I can imagine it's a bit scary to see an angel. So they're afraid, they're not sure, they're doubting. And as they come out and walk out of the tomb, they meet Jesus. And Jesus is there just to say hello to them. And they fall at the feet and they worship him. So... Jesus being super gracious with them and uh, is showing them how much he loves them. And in, in a way, that first encounter where they are afraid, the first thing they see is a Jesus that walks to them, that comes and meets them. So in the middle of the biggest event in history, so the resurrection of Jesus is the biggest event that ever happened in the history of the universe, Jesus has just done the most amazing thing and yet, the first thing he does is meets these afraid women who have just seen an angel. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that just show us who Jesus is? Doing the biggest thing on earth, like the biggest thing ever, and yet his first thing, instead of going to thrones and you know, going and seeing the emperor or something, he goes and meets these women who are afraid and gives them courage and says, go and tell everyone about this. It's an amazing image of what Jesus does. But I don't want to focus too much on this passage today, other than the importance of the cross and the resurrection, the importance of this thing that we remember today. And Galatians 6.14 says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
And Paul says, Paul is this amazing theologian, he says, I will boast in nothing but in what Jesus did for me. And as I was looking at this, I came across um, one of my favorite books written by a guy called Tim Keller. Does anyone know who Tim Keller is? He's quite a well-known author, and he wrote this book called The Reason for God. And this is what he says. He says, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. And he goes on to say this amazing phrase, the resurrection makes Christianity the most irritating religion on the face of the earth. The resurrection makes Christianity the most irritating religion on the face of the earth, because either it's true or it's not true. And, and that makes a big, big difference, because these first disciples who um, went out to tell the world about this were the, the ones who died for this truth. They were willing to die for the truth of uh, having seen Jesus resurrected. They were even willing to be tortured for this truth. So it's a really, really important thing. And it actually means that when we come to Easter Sunday, when we remember this, we're remembering not only that Jesus was a great teacher, that he had really good philosophy and really good ideas and kind of revolutionary ideas, there's something much bigger than that. Because he died and he rose again, he was able to defeat death. And therefore he's much bigger than just a set of good teachings, even though his teaching is amazing. It means that he has great power. And I'm gonna share just two, two verses with you today about Jesus' power. So if we can look at, have this next one. It says, with great power, the apostles, those who had seen him risen from the dead and were willing to give their life for this, continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. And we can see it was God's power was working really mightily in, in the book of Acts. And if you've got time, read that book. It's an amazing book. But then we see in, in the next verse, it says this, and this is what I find fascinating. And just stop for a, a second and read this. It says, the Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Do we, do we kind of get the magnitude of what this verse actually says? The spirit who got Jesus from the dead and gave him life again lives inside of me, lives inside of you. And that's a lot of power. That's something really powerful. That's really like proper dynamite power. But the question is, power for what? Is it power to invade weaker countries and boast of super nuclear power? Is it power to press others, to bully? Is it power to lord it over others? Is it power to be proud? Or is it a different kind of power? And actually, if we look at the, the life of the disciples, they, had, they were simple, kind of poor teenagers who had no, not too much future other than kind of fishing in a little lake. And yet, they were able to change the world because they had that power. That power that rose Jesus from the dead was living in them and they had the power to change things around them. And it's not that they managed that power, they just joined in what, with what God was doing, and they literally changed the world in just a few generations. 
It's amazing what God did through them. And if you look throughout history, God always just used normal people like you and me to change the world. And it might not be that change the whole world, it might be change the world of the people next to us, or the people in our school, or in our work, or in our family, or our neighbors. It's a power to change reality. And that's the power that Jesus has, and that's the power that he had to, when he was risen from the dead, and that's the power he shares with us. Not the power to, to be strong and visible and boast about things, but the power to change lives. The power to do something with this amazing thing that we receive. This amazing Holy Spirit that lives in us. And um, as some of you might know, the last three weeks I was enjoying a holiday back in Holy Land, that is Argentina, the land of Pope Francis and Messi, the best player in the world, but also the land that saw me grow up. And, um, and I, as I was there, I was speaking to a, a really good friend of mine from, from church, and we, we did mission together, and we, uh, she used to go to the same youth group as uh, Sonia, my wife. I know her really well. And a few years ago, she uh, was working in a school, and she decided to, or she was offered to be the director of an orphanage. And um, an orphanage with uh, around 15 uh, young people. And if you think of, think of Argentina is quite a third world country, much poorer than here. An orphanage is where people go when they have no other place to go. And, and actually, this orphanage was receiving kind of the people who had gone through the worst situations, or is receiving still. And um, you can imagine, I think, between 15 and 20 people there, between 8 and 17 years old, all with really, really rough, tough backgrounds, really horrible things done to them and said to them. Um, and I don't want to go into details, but really, really hard, hard stuff. And when she arrived, uh, she was there, and, and the, the whole atmosphere there was quite dark, and they didn't treat the kids very well. Um, and she came in. Uh, believing this was what God called her to do. So she came in and she started praying and she started interacting with, with, the, with the young people. And um, she ended up, because she's a Christian, inviting churches around to send volunteers to do different things. She started linking with quite a few churches and a lot of Christian volunteers started helping out. And out of that, a few of the volunteers ended up uh, working in the orphanage. And suddenly there started to be a, a, a change in the place where where people were looked down at and treated badly, started speaking life into them. And they started telling them that, that they were worthy, that they were loved, that there was more to, to life to, compared to what they'd seen. And, and they prayed, and, and she obviously uh, did, taught a bit of the Bible to them, uh, shared worship music. And then she said, in, in lockdown, she started seeing that suddenly she'd go into a room and she'd hear worship music that she'd never heard before thought, oh, something's happening here. And she'd go to another room, and there was a Bible open, and one of the girls was reading it. And she started seeing how suddenly these uh, young girls were, were being changed and, and were starting to see uh, God in action, and they're starting to believe the things that she was telling them about that they were loved, that there's a different future for them, that there's actually a good father in heaven that's very different to their own father. And they started understanding that there was more to life than what they had seen up to now. And one of the girls there is a, co a girl called Selena, and she, she came in when she was 17, and you can see a, a nice picture of their, her there. Um, but when she came into the, when, when my friend started working in the home, she had been there for a while, and she'd been in, in a psychiatric hospital before, and she had um, 
Her hair, she's never combed. Um, she always wore the same clothes. Uh, she, she had an issue where, because of her trauma, she, she couldn't kind of, who was incontinent, so she'd pee herself. And she wasn't able to interact with the other, other children at all. And they also had a bit like this strange girl. Um, and after a, a while of her hearing about who she was in God and hearing that she was loved and that she was worthy and that there was more, she, she started discovering something different and she started changing from the inside and then the outside. And uh, at the age of 17, she started primary school and she learned how to read and to write and she was able to start reading her Bible. And then, when, then she discovered that she could play sports and she went to start playing volley. And, and that is her with a little medal that she was the best volley player in her team. And she started discovering that she was worth much more than what she had always heard. And she now this year is going to get baptized and goes to church and she left the home last year and when she left last year uh, everyone every one of the other people in the home said that she was the best friend she was the one that was the best friend and two years before that she was the one that didn't speak to anyone and that's through the power of the resurrection that's what the spirit does through us and in us to bless others, to remind them of who they are and who they can be and what the Spirit can do in their lives. So as I look at the, the resurrection of Jesus and the amazing power there, I think it's not power to do amazing things and fight wars. That's, that's not the power we have. We've got the power to change lives and to see people like Selena or people around us be changed and transformed by the Spirit of God, being given a new life and a new perspective, and a new purpose, and a new mission. And that's our calling as Christians. That's our calling as people who know the resurrection, is sharing that same spirit with the people around us. Shall we pray before we go to communion? Jesus, you hold the universe together yet you die for us on a cross yet you're willing to walk by these women who are afraid and just embrace them yet you're interested in our lives and you invite us to be part of your mission to change the world and your resurrection just changed everything changed our identity our purpose our mission our self-esteem our sense of hope our future and our present and we just pray Lord that that spirit that rose you from the dead will give us more life and more courage and a sense of purpose to be able to bless the people around us to be able to bring your life where there's death to bring your life where there's hardship to bring your light in the darkness so help us Lord be people of resurrection, full of your spirit and full of that power to change the world. Amen.